Welcome to another episode of This Week in Crypto. My name is Singh, and this is the episode for the week of July 22nd, 2018. We've been gone for a bit, so we have a lot of catching up to do. There's been a lot of news, and well, guys, we're going to keep it light, fun, and just do a little catching up here. So without wasting too much time, let's dive into episode 18 of This Week in Crypto. Hey guys, welcome to another episode. But before we get started, I really want to dive in here and uh, have a little candid conversation. So I had taken some time off, you know, with the holidays and whatnot, and thought, well, I'd get back into the swing of things after about a week or two. But unfortunately, life had other plans for me. So our family dog fell ill. And, you know, as all dogs are, or at least in the United States, they're a part of your family. And when your family member falls ill, you drop pretty much everything and you tend to them. And that's what was going on. So I took some time off. We were looking after our dog, Nuri. And uh, at first things looked like they were going to be getting better, but then they took a turn for the worse. So with the vet visits and keeping an eye on her and making sure we were we were hand feeding her at that point, um, the podcast kind of slid under and that became second priority. Bear in mind that uh, there's also work going on at the same time. So long story short, Nuri did pass away and I took a little bit, about a week or so off after that. Obviously traveling, going to conferences and doing work because vet visits are not cheap and uh, got back into the swing of things. But as always, crypto moves extensively fast and so i had to catch up and now i'm back so without any further ado i wanted to make sure you guys knew exactly where i was why i had disappeared and uh well i'm ready to get back onto the horse and uh, get onto the crypto bandwagon and see what's going on here so let's go ahead and dive in and the first thing i want to look at is the market why because honestly speaking i haven't looked at the market in a while and so when I did get back into the swing of things, that's the first thing I wanted to see what was going on. And so it looked like just recently, Bitcoin had basically fallen off the bed and bumped its head. There was a short rejection at about 7,600. It still held above the resistance levels. And that was encouraging because to me that showed that, well, maybe, maybe, just maybe, it's at a point where we have seen the bottom or maybe not. And the reason why I say that is because, well, guys, Crypto is very, very difficult to predict. And if anyone says that they can predict it, they are blowing smoke. But let's let's take a look at what I'm looking at. So I was looking at the four hour chart and I was noticing a few things. The 20 day moving average, the, the 100 day moving average and the 50 day moving average. And what I saw was the 20 day moving average had basically flattened out and Bitcoin was riding right on top of that 20 day average. As it remains above that 50 and 100 day average that we see, we can kind of state that it's continuing an upward path. And the most likely short term scenario for Bitcoin is going to be trading in a Titan range before it attempts to try to take over that 7,600 range again uh, or that resistance for the second time. And let's hope this time it gets over. But in the event of a reversal, Bitcoin 
has support at the 7350 mark and then again at the 6750 mark and then i'm looking at another 6500 uh support level and as we speak i see that uh the stochastic is rising from the oversold territory while the rsi has flattened and well guys it's showing bullish to me but something inside of me is saying that we're still going to see another dip so as we keep an eye on bitcoin for this this week we see that it's going to be range bound between 7300 and 7550 as it keeps consolidating before attempting its second attempt to get through that uh, 7658 ceiling which we call the resistance again i'm keeping a, a close eye on it does this mean that we are ready to as people would say go to the moon i don't think so but let's take a look at this let's see where it goes as far as technical analysis goes keep in mind that even with technical analysis in play we always have to take a look at the fundamentals we have to see what's going on in the news and so that's what we're going to dive into now let's see exactly what has been going on and there's a lot that's been going on that needs looking into some really interesting news so the platform copay which is a european fintech firm and Guys, they offer payment gateways for cryptocurrency paying customers throughout about 31 merchant locations. Well, now the company has announced that Samsung, yeah, get this, Samsung is truly embracing its slogan to quote unquote, turn on future. And how the heck are they doing this? Well, they're accepting seven different cryptocurrencies within, not in the United States, I wish, within the Baltic states. Now, the digital currencies that Samsung stores will be accepting for payment include Bitcoin, Dash, NEM, Steam, Ripple, Litecoin, and Ethereum. So customers basically in the Baltic region can purchase Samsung smartphones, tablets, laptops, TVs, and more with this digital currency. So what does this actually mean? Well, if Samsung's going to start accepting it, I don't see why other companies won't, like Lufthansa or airline companies, which have already done so. So we're looking at moving closer and closer into this whole concept of where you can just take your crypto and get a cup of coffee with it. And guys, if I can get coffee or pay for my apartment or go to a bar or a restaurant or even pay for my hotels, what is stopping it from being a currency? Nothing much. It just looks like we're in this transition phase where acceptance is becoming a bit more broader where companies are starting to accept cryptocurrency as a legitimate form of payment and that is exactly what we want to see that's how we're going to start to see mass adoption and what could be better for those of us that are hodling or those of us that are trading for the most part even those of us that are really really excited about this technology that's one of the best things we could see companies starting to adopt it because once that happens once that first few dominoes falls it's going to be an effect that can't be stopped now i say this on the heels of the federal reserve's new chairman who made his stance on cryptocurrency very very clear to the u.s house of representatives on wednesday in his view cryptocurrencies basically have no intrinsic value and that baffled me because to him and let's just put it what it is he is very very antiquated in his thoughts of currency to him it's nothing more than a store of value for the use of laundering and for you know that same narrative that we keep hearing over and over by people that have no idea what this technology is 
The chairman of the U.S. Federal Reserve, who took office in about February, Jerome Powell, was answering questions about cryptocurrencies in his testimony before the House Financial Service Committee on, on this Wednesday here. And keep in mind that this committee has jurisdiction over issues pertaining to the U.S. economy, the banking system, housing, insurance, securities, exchanges, um, monetary policy, international finance, international monetary. So basically anything and everything money related, including its efforts to combat terrorist financing. So the U.S. representative and vice chairman of the committee, Patrick T. McHenry, asked Powell to outline his thinking on cryptocurrencies. Well, the chairman replied that there are significant, and you can't see this, but I'm doing them in air quotes, significant risks in relatively unsophisticated investors who see the asset going up in price and they think that this is great. I'll buy this. But in fact, there is no promise behind that. And he elaborated that cryptocurrencies are great if you're trying to hide money or if you're trying to launder money. It doesn't really have any intrinsic value. So I think there are investors or consumer protection issues as well. Now I think about this. I think about the statements that are made and the statements that were made by uh, another hearing that we'll talk about as well. And then I look at all these companies that are adopting the use of cryptocurrencies. And we, we see things like a 300-year-old UK legacy bank, Barclays, that's filing for crypto patents. Um, and yeah, that also happened this week. UK's Barclays, arguably the most powerful international corporate bank in the world, filed two crypto-related patents this week. And it just, it doesn't, it doesn't register. It doesn't make any sense to me why on one end we have, oh, this thing is only for money launderers. Yet on the other hand, we have banks getting in on it. We have MasterCard getting into the mainstream of cryptocurrency. So it really makes you think, is this a ploy to kind of scare the average consumer the average uh, investor away from cryptocurrencies while these banks get a, a major hold on them so that they too can then start to control the crypto narrative? Could be. Honestly, um, I, I think that's what's going on here. Or it could simply just be that a lot of these people who are in power, a lot of the people who are legislators or who are running these big, these, these big governments have no idea they're trying to make some type of regulation or they're trying to make uh, rules on something that they don't even understand they don't even have an iota of understanding in that's why these things are really interesting they they, they keep me on top of them and it's, it's really interesting to see what's going to happen but again this is something that can't be stopped once the consumer the consumer market picks it up Governments are going to have to start singing a different tune than the the age-old narrative that they have been singing of, oh, this is bad, oh, this is for terrorists, or oh, this is for money launderers, because it's not. And we keep saying this over and over again. The one form of currency that has proven to be the best form of currency to do illegal things with or to uh, to use for illegal measures has been no other than the U.S. dollar. Fiat. So this is just an attempt to prolong the inevitable while they try to get their hands on uh, on a bunch of it, while they try to get a grasp on what's going on or they get to regulate this. And as we see time progress, and as we have seen time progress, we have seen that more and more companies are falling into the, well, crypto is not a bad thing. More and more people are starting to fall into, hey, crypto is not a bad thing. It's here to stay. Uh, it does more than just uh, pay for things. 
the whole blockchain industry, uh, cryptocurrency or the currency aspect is only a very, very, very small factor or a small portion of what we know as blockchain. And this industry is not going anywhere. And so once the banks decided or saw this, now they're creating a, a, a narrative where they're still saying that, hey, you know, this may not be a good thing, but on the back end, they're picking it up. They're trying to gain as much, uh, they're, they're hedging as much position as possible so that when that tune changes to, eh, this is a good thing, or hey guys, let's pick this up. Hey guys, we're gonna start accepting it. They will now control that narrative. And we need to see this now. We need to see it well, well in advance, five, 10 years before that happens so that we're in the know-how. And we were one step, actually forget one step, we're actually 20 steps ahead of everyone else in the, the average market. And that's why I keep saying that this is not going anywhere. This is a force to be reckoned with, guys. Some really interesting news that caught my attention here. Uh, Hashflare, if we all know what that is, cancels all Bitcoin mining contracts. Now, just two days ago, after suddenly making demands for all customers' identity documents, the company known as Hashflare released an email, um, as of right now, a couple of hours ago, titled, Important, End of Mining Service for SHA-256 Contracts. Now, according to the email, and guys, I got one of these as well, all current SHA-256 Bitcoin mining contracts will be terminated today, July 20th. Many on Twitter and Reddit are calling this an exit scam. And to be honest, I am too. Does it bother me? I wasn't invested in Hashflare, nor did I do any mining through Hashflare. Uh, I did sign up for it once a while back, and that's probably why I got this email. But uh, like I was saying, according to that email that just went out, the company has been unable to make any Bitcoin payments on its contract for the past 28 consecutive days uh, due to the amount earned being allegedly less than the daily maintenance fee the company charges. They're claiming that this what is, is what is causing all contracts to be terminated prematurely. Now, the email states that the company is within its rights to do this as the action is, quote, in accordance with the clause 5.5 of our term, terms of service, which are required to be accepted when creating a purchase and are the basis of concluding the contract. Now, clause 5.5 of the terms of the service reads, the mining process continues until said mining is profitable. This means the mining process will stop if the maintenance and electricity fees will become larger than the payout. If mining remains unprofitable for 21 consecutive days, the service is permanently terminated. The community basically reacted and has been reacting overwhelmingly negatively. Now, some users who joined the service just recently and stand to suffer the most losses have claimed that they're trying to perform a chargeback with their banks. Others are stating that they, they are considering filing lawsuits against, against this Estonia-based company. But it's too soon to tell whether or not anyone will proceed with legal action. Here's what kind of interests me. A part of us investors... We don't want government's hand in cryptocurrency. We want it unregulated for the most part. But when something goes awry or something interesting like this happens, and I'm calling it interesting in a very loose manner, that's when we go running to the government crying for help. We can't have it both ways, guys. We can either have it completely unregulated and when shit happens like this, too bad. Or we can have regulation and... As you've heard in the past, I am for regulation. I think we should have some regulation. Not only will it open up the floodgates to having more investors, but I think it's going to open up this concept of cryptocurrency being widely accepted everywhere we turn. But to some extent, it'll help us keep safe. Now, do I want government 
control over it? No, absolutely not. Let's not get that wrong. Let's not mistake that. What I do want is I want some regulation on ICOs, uh, whether they're securities, uh, what they are and what they can do and how they can accept money, holding them liable or holding them accountable for how they spend that money or how they acquire that money from the average investor. That being put aside, with that would come this whole concept of if a company has done us wrong, that there is some way to resolve that, to get some type of a uh, uh, retribution for it or to get some form of justice. And that's why I'm for regulation. Again, I'm not for controlling government control of cryptocurrencies. I'm just for a little bit of regulation on these companies. But at the moment, we don't have that regulation. We're waiting for that. And so if you partake in activities of such like Hashflare or BitConnect and you lose your money, guys, there is no running to the government, running to daddy to bail you out. And that's what I want people to understand. If they're if they're going to involve themselves in a risky venture of cryptocurrency, and then on top of that, in a even more riskier venture of involving themselves in co companies like BitConnect or Hashflare, the too good to be true scenarios, then when these guys fold, they're going to take your money. And honestly, I don't think that you should have the right to go crying to daddy, go crying to your government to sue these companies. Because anytime you see a get rich quick scheme or anytime you see something where it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. And maybe you shouldn't be involved in it. And I'm just saying, there is a bit of common sense. And I know common sense isn't so common anymore, but that's no excuse. Just like negligence or, or not knowing the law doesn't exempt you from you breaking the law, from you getting fined from breaking the law. Uh, the same thing goes here, but that's me on my soapbox. Um, I just found it very interesting because I too received this this email from Hashflare. And like I said, at some point I thought that, hey, maybe I should get involved. Maybe I should look into this. But after looking into it, I was like, whoa, let's pump on the brakes here. This is not something that is, um, uh, this, this just doesn't make sense. This is something that could go awry really fast. And I could be wrong, you know, uh, Hashflare may turn around and make things make things right. But then again, being in a risky investment already, I don't want to add more risk to it. But that's just how I look at things. That's how I'm looking at my assets. But just thought that was worth the mention. Moving on to some more interesting news. Well, MasterCard wins a patent to increase cryptocurrency payment speeds. Guys, I've, we've been talking about this throughout this entire podcast and even in the past, how banks are trying to really get their hands on this crypto market. Well, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office officially granted MasterCard a patent for a method of increasing the speed of crypto transactions. So this was published back in July 17th. The patent explains the serious need for increasing the speed of crypto transactions based on the growth and growing demand for the same. And the document reads basically, quote, in recent times, blockchain currencies have seen increased usage over traditional fiat currencies by consumers who value anonymity and security. So guys, let's get this right. So guys, let's just clear the air here. It's not anonymous. It can be seen. There's a ledger. And it's there for a reason so that everyone can see every single transaction that occurs. So anyone that still thinks it's anonymous, guys, you need to read a book or read a white paper or honestly bang your head against the wall. Because this is, I, I just don't know where these guys are getting this crap from. But anyways, 
The patent also outlines a key issue associated with blockchain-based cryptocurrency transactions, and that's nam namely the speed. They state that it often takes a significant amount of time, around 10 minutes for a blockchain-based transaction to be processed. But here's what baffles me. Credit card transactions take about 30 days. And that's why you have the ability to reverse transactions because they take a lot longer than 10 minutes. So I don't know where MasterCard comes off with this this uh, this patent. But anywho, it, it clearly shows that they have no clue on what's going on or they just choose to remain blind. But regardless, what they want to do is they want to get a hold or get a footing into cryptocurrencies, which for us is a good thing because again, wide acceptance, usability, we just see adoption occurring. So no products have been brought to the market, according to MasterCard Senior Vice President of Communications, who spoke to CNBC. However, the above-mentioned patent casts protection over a method which could possibly and supposedly speed up blockchain transactions, allowing cardholders to pay for goods with their dig digital currency. Again, like I said, MasterCard and any credit card, they just allow you to buy a line of credit. They don't speed up, or so none of this happens instantaneously. Uh, but according to them, in order to do this, the company would offer a new type of account, which would be capable of transacting in cryptocurrency through already existing systems for fiat. Seth Eisen, who uh, was the person that spoke to CNBC, said accounts would link a series of profiles which would be able to identify the amounts the users hold in fiat currency and cryptocurrency, as well as the account's identifier and address. The transaction itself would be carried out using the rails of fiat currency while presenting a cryptocurrency. So it's really interesting. The news of the patent grant has been received positively by permable Tom Lee, who said that, quote, it's really validating the idea that digital money or blockchain based money is a valid form of transaction. And I agree with that. I agree with the fact that this is going to be the step or this is going to be how companies, banks are all going to start changing their narrative slowly but surely making this use of cryptocurrency not in not for illegal measures but for everyday use for everyday purchases for going to amazon and making purchases and this is a good thing again this is adoption slowly occurring as we look at it rather than us looking back and saying wow i don't realize when this all happened i don't realize when i started using a credit card Rather, right now you're in the in, in the depths of this. You're actually watching this this migration into cryptocurrency becoming a way of payment occurring in your day and time, in real time, basically. Uh, and that find that's the one thing that I find interesting. Whether the patent is legitimate, whether the patent uh, actually understands technology, that's a whole different understanding. That's a whole different topic. And clearly, in my mind, that. MasterCard has no clue what they're talking about. Hell, a lot of these governments have no clue what they're talking about. This is when I would hope that they would get people like Andreas Antonopoulos or, you know, Novogratz and all these people, or Buterin, to actually sit on these hearings and councils and boards so they can actually put these guys in check and say, hey, stupid, that's not what it's about. Or, hey, guys, it's not anonymous. There's a ledger so you can see everything. Uh, to kind of shake these guys up who are talking big, but have no idea on this technology. But it is what it is. And the one thing that is positive that is coming out of this is the the use 
we saw that Amazon is looking into it. Alibaba is looking into it. Uh, airline companies are looking into it. So as people look into it, and I keep saying looking into it because Coinbase just released their little thing where they said that they're looking into adding five more currencies onto their uh, trading platform. And I keep telling people that I talk to that they're not adding it. That news wasn't about adding more cryptocurrencies to their exchange, but it was we are looking at, we are thinking about, which could just be a simple ploy to pump up prices to get you know money flowing back into the market. Or it could simply just be that they are looking into what else could be added and to me, in my mind, that also reveals that, hey, maybe the SEC is ready to announce something. Maybe they're about to announce what is a security or what is not a security, just like they announced that Ethereum isn't a security. And that's probably why Coinbase decided to get their uh, securities license so they can actually exchange securities. So it's really peculiar. It's kind of interesting how things are coming about. And we have to read between the lines to see exactly what's going on because companies aren't going to come out and say it. They're not going to say, hey, you know what? In August, the SEC is going to call XYZ a security. And by the way, we got our license to deal with securities and ha ha ha, this is going to be great. No, what they're doing is they're going to be in the back end. They're going to be doing it. They're doing all this quietly. So as the news is talking about Bitcoin being bad, as governments are talking about Bitcoin being bad, as the people that have no idea are talking about Bitcoin being nefarious, banks are buying up Bitcoin, banks are making patents, exchanges are developing, blockchain companies are developing in this in this uh, space. And that's what we have to understand. We have to have the ability to weigh things out and to see exactly what is going on by taking the little pieces of the puzzle and putting them together so that we get a bigger picture. Because unfortunately, no one is going to put that piece of paper or that news in front of you and say, hey guys, today you need to buy this much because in a month this is gonna happen and the government's gonna release this statement in two months. That's not how things happen. And unless we're reading between the lines, we're gonna get left behind in the dust. And so that's what we're here for. That's what CryptoCoin Guru does. That's what a lot of these other uh, podcasters out there are doing. They're trying to interpret what's going on. They're trying to see what moves these companies are making and why. The bigger question isn't the moves that they're making. It's why. Because it's from that why that we're going to get the answers or we're going to get to extrapolate on where this is going or the vision of where it's going. It's headed. It's not what. When things happen, it's already too late. It's the question of why. Why did Coinbase do this? Why is Binance doing this? Why did the government, it's the why, the why, why, why? Because from that why, you're going to figure out, wait a minute, this is happening because, and you're going to be 10 steps ahead of the game. So guys, whenever you read news, always keep in mind that you're looking to find out the why. Why is this happening? Why is American Express filing patents for blockchain, which apparently happened about four days ago? Why is Goldman Sachs appointing new, new CEOs uh, who are keen on cryptocurrencies? Why? And that's something that also happened this week. Uh, Goldman Sachs' former chairman and chief executive officer, Lloyd Blankfein, retired from both of his positions. And his successor, David Solomon, is, is known for being keen on both Bitcoin and cryptocurrency markets in general. So why would they appoint someone who is positive on cryptocurrency as one of their CEOs? when the banks or when the governments are saying that it's, it's cryptocurrency is not a good thing or cryptocurrency is something that's headed down a negative slope. Well, 
Because in the back end, behind closed doors, Goldman Sachs became the first regulated financial institution that allowed its clients to trade Bitcoin futures through the New York desks in May. And on June, June 20th, Solomon was speaking to Bloomberg TV in China and revealed that the New York Investment Bank is exploring cryptocurrency trades beyond what it already handles. So the why is because they're diving deeper into the crypto sphere. They're hedging more into this cryptocurrency environment. So we have yet to see whether the news of Goldman Sachs' new CEO is going to have an impact on Bitcoin's price. But we do know one thing, that the why is that Goldman Sachs is diving deeper in. So guys, always look for that why. Well, guys, you know what that sound is. It's that time again. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you'd like, you can follow us on Facebook at CryptoCoinGuru or at our Twitter feed at underscore CryptoCoinGuru. But stay tuned. We're back and we're in effect. If you guys like what we're doing, by all means, you can support us by sending us some crypto. And with that, this is episode 18 in the can. This is Singh with CryptoCoinGuru signing out. Until next time, guys, crypto on. <laughs>